Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the session today. My name is Venkat. I'm a product manager on the AWS Shield product. And with me is Nate, who is a dev manager for the AWS WAF. We are really excited to be here with you to talk about AWS WAF and some of the security automation strategies that some of our customers have developed over the year. And we are also excited about AWS Shield. I'm pretty sure you all heard from Werner this morning, the keynote. AWS Shield is a AWS managed DDoS protection service. Really excited because AWS WAF and Shield are tightly integrated. And Shield is based on some of the security automations and patterns and techniques that we want to share with you today. And those are the same techniques that we'll share with you today. So before we go any further, this is a technical presentation. We'll have Nate here talk about some of the demos and share some code samples with you. So we do assume that you have some fundamental knowledge about HTTP headers or IP addresses or even some general knowledge about web application firewalls in general. Okay. What to expect from this session? So we'll first quickly get started with some intro to AWS WAF for some of you who might not be intimately familiar with WAF. Most of the session today, though, will focus on security automation strategies. Specifically, we'll look at five automation strategies today. We'll talk about how you can save time. And all these automation strategies are focused on how you can save time in securing your applications. Instead, focus on building your applications itself. So we'll focus on these five strategies. We'll look at how you can provision WAF and save time by reusing AWS WAF rules. You can, how, you, how you can configure new rules or deploy new rules very quickly and get started in minutes. How you can integrate AWS WAF with external systems, your own applications or third-party applications. We'll also talk about some more advanced patterns like automated incident response, which looks at log processing, and applies rules to AWS WAF automatically. And lastly, we'll also talk about some emerging patterns where we talk about some smart protections, how you can build smart protections using machine learning and AWS WAF. And while we do that, we'll also see some demos and how you can get started with some of these tutorials that we'll chat today. And by the way, after this session and later this month, we'll also make these cloud formation templates that we shared today available to you via, via AWS GitHub repository. Okay, let's get started. Let's talk about what is AWS WAF. AWS WAF, as some of you might be aware of, is a highly customizable and highly flexible layer seven traffic filtering engine. You can use AWS WAF to write custom rules that look at or inspect any part of the incoming request. You can look at the headers, you can look at the IP addresses or cookies or the body and take several actions based on it. Specifically, you can decide you want to allow the request through, maybe you can want to whitelist certain rules or you can block them or you can monitor them just to get visibility into the type of traffic that hits your application. And with these constructs, you can use, typically use AWS WAF for some 
common malicious patterns like SQL injection attempts or cross-site scripting attempts. And lastly, with AWS WAF, you also get visibility into the metrics, or rather, visibility into the rules and requests that match the rules that allow you to constantly tune your rules and keep improving the protections that you get with AWS WAF. And we will look at how you can do that throughout this session today. Before we look at all of those, let's quickly talk about why AWS WAF. Some of you might be wondering what are the common use cases that you could use AWS WAF for. So I'd like to call out three most common use cases that customers use AWS WAF for. Application vulnerabilities, as you might know, there might be bugs in the code that are open that hackers could leverage or to breach the applications. These are attacks like SQL injection attempts or cross-site scripting attempts, and AWS WAF can easily protect against these attacks. Second one is content abuse via bots and scrapers. Bots and scrapers often try to steal content from your application. Just to give you an example, to put things in, things in perspective, let's say that you have uh, you are serving classified ads on on your website, and of course you want as many users as possible to access these ads. But what if there was a bot that is downloading all these ads and putting these ads in a third-party junk website? You don't want that to happen, right? So AWS WAF can prevent some of these types of uh, threats on your application by detecting, helping you detect bots and blocking those bots before they can access the content on your applications. And lastly, application DDoS, and that's why AWS WAF is, again, very near and dear to AWS Shield. Application DDoS attacks are nothing but valid HTTP requests that are thrown at your applications with the intent to overwhelm your application or overwhelm your web server, making it unavailable for legitimate users. And lastly, as I was talking about earlier, AWS WAF provides visibility into all the threats that we just talked about. So more specifically, AWS WAF provides two types of threats, or rather, two types of visibility. One, the CloudWatch metrics that you get every time a rule is matched by, a, or request matches a rule. And WAF also gives you sample web requests that you can use to look at, okay, why did this particular request match this rule? And you can look at the actual request headers that, that WAF saw and blocked, and you can see, uh, analyze that and take actions based on it. Okay, so how can you use WAF, AWS WAF? Some of, I mean, you might be aware that when we launched AWS WAF 13 months ago, we launched AWS WAF with integration with Amazon CloudFront. So that what that meant was Amazon CloudFront is distributed globally, so AWS WAF was available in every CloudFront edge location globally. So you, customers using CloudFront for applications and APIs automatically got the best performance because of CloudFront. And they also were able to now get the security because they were able to get, deploy AWS WAF very quickly in front of CloudFront distributions, which automatically protects their applications. Today, we're really excited to tell you that AWS WAF is also integrated with application load balancers. 
in the next few days, you'll, you'll be able to start using AWS WAF with application role balancers, and we will start rolling it out in phases in, the, in some regions. More specifically, AWS WAF on application load balancer will be available in IAD, PDX, NRT, and Dublin. But why do you need that, right? What does application load balancer integration get you? The reason is that today some customers cannot, are probably not using CloudFront, probably because they have restrictions on which countries they can run their web applications in, right? They want to make sure that their applications are hosted in one particular country. So now you can use AWS WAF to run, or, or you can deploy AWS WAF in the very same region that your applications are deployed in. And you can also use AWS WAF and deploy them in your VPCs, which you couldn't do previously with CloudFront. So together, AWS WAF is now even more easier for you to deploy in front of your applications. Okay, now that we talked about AWS WAF, or looked at what AWS WAF is and the use cases, let's jump right into the automation strategies. But before we go to that, why security automation? The answer is simple. Our goal here is to give you ways to spend less time securing your applications. Instead, let you focus on building the applications and improving the experience for your end users, because ultimately, that's what matters, right? So that's our goal today, and we will see some of the techniques for that. Since the beginning of AWS WAF, we have designed AWS WAF with this security automation in mind. And that's because over the years, customers have repeatedly told us this is what they want. And we build, that's why we built AWS WAF with three key pillars in mind. First one is APIs. So AWS WAF has full-featured APIs of course, as is every other AWS service. What this lets you do is you can use AWS WAF to add protections via APIs. You can add new rules or delete new rules via APIs. All the visibility that WAF gives you is also available via APIs. And what this lets you do is lets you integrate WAF with your own applications or third-party applications and make it WAF more robust or make your protections more robust. Second thing is the customizable and flexibility that WAF offers. As I, as I was talking earlier, you can use AWS WAF to inspect any part of the incoming request. And before you evaluate these requests, you can also apply transforms. And you can, we'll see how flexible AWS WAF is and in a bit. And lastly, quick rule propagation or quick rule update. This is one of the things that was very important for us. The primary reason being, a lot of customers told us that, yes, they want these protections that are always on. But what is more important here is that everybody wants a way to be able to respond to incidents really fast as soon as they happen. Because ultimately, hackers are adapting, and one day they're going to have a zero-day attack, for example. And we want to be able to respond to incidents really quickly. So time was of essence. That's why we built AWS WAF with that in mind. And today, with AWS WAF on CloudFront, rules can be propagated in a matter of seconds. And across globally distributed edge locations, we have 68 of those. Across all these locations, WAF rules are propagated typically less than a minute. What these three key pillars let you do 
is lets you build several VAF automation strategies. And these automation strategies lets you spend less time securing your applications and lets you build your applications as such. Let's look at each one of these. First one, provisioning VAF. So some of you who might, who might have experienced AWS VAF already know that the first step to provisioning VAF is create a web actor. Web actor is nothing but access control list or web access control list. This is a container. And it is a container more specifically of rules. And you can think of rules and you can add one or more rules to this web actor. You can think of a rule as an action that you perform on incoming request. An action could be uh, whitelisting a particular pattern of, in, of request, or it could be blacklisting bad actors, or it could also be just monitoring, because you might want to, all you want to do is just get visibility into certain types of requests when they, as and when they come. And one interesting thing about rules is that for each rule that you create, you also get visibility that I talked about earlier. You get the real-time CloudWatch metrics. You also get the sample web request. And you get all of that for the actual request that match that particular rule. So as I said, rules are actions. All, all rules determine actions. But what triggers these actions? These are the conditions. So you add, again, one or more conditions in any combinations to these rules. You can add IP match condition that looks at the IP addresses. You can add header match conditions. You can look at the string or string match conditions within headers or string match conditions within a body. Or you can also use some of the ready-made conditions like SQL injection conditions or cross-site scripting conditions. And then last thing you do is simply associate that web backle to that particular resource, which is a CloudFund distribution or in the next few days, application load balancer as well. So you see that these three constructs, the webacle tools and uh, con conditions, give you a lot of flexibility. And we will see more of that very soon as to how you can build advanced security uh, policies and protections using these. But more importantly, what we want, also want to show you is that how we have built pre-configured templates that you can use to really quickly get started with some of these, instead of you having to write these tools and conditions and web backles. Let's look at those. But before going to that, let's talk about how provisioning helps you. So let's take an example here. Let's say that you have an application that has a dev environment and a prod environment, and you want to make sure that your corporate IP addresses or your developers within your organization have full access, unrestricted access to both these environments. So what I do is I created a whitelist IP uh, or whitelist rule with IP addresses and added both of uh, added that to both the web ACLs that are associated with these ALBs. So here, this is an example of how rules can be reused across web ACLs instead of you having to rewrite them every time. And of course, the second ALB, which is facing the internet because that's a production or that's a published uh, application, and that has additional protections to protect from some of the common uh, vulnerabilities that application might face. Now let's take this a step further. Now let's say that you have a new application that you just built, and, and you want to have the same protections for that application as does the existing published 
application. With AWS RAF, it's really easy to have bring the same protections over to this new application as well. All you have to do is just a click of a button, simply assign the same, just one operation, and you can assign the same webacle to this new resource, and all the protections that you already had for the previous application move over or enabled for the new application as well. Let's take another example. We talked about zero-day attacks earlier, right? And zero-day attacks could occur any time. So earlier this year, there was one other attack that affected some of the server-side web applications that utilize HTTP proxy header as an environment variable. So here, the specific attack or specific vulnerability was that an attacker could intercept the messages and inject the HTTP proxy header, and that could breach the application. With AWS WAF, you could very easily put a fix to this particular thread. Let's go back to our previous setup. So for the same applications that you had, which are fronted by ALB2 and ALB3, let's say that you want to protect these applications from these zero-day attacks. With WAF, all you had to do was write a new header rule or a string match condition that looks at the HTTP proxy header. And if there was a header, just block it and assign it to that webacle that's already associated with your ALBs. And that's it. Done within seconds, you have enabled or protected your applications from these zero-day attacks. So that's, now you saw how just by provisioning you could save time by without rewriting rules and rewriting web battles. That already saves time for you. Now let's talk about configuring rules. Now in the previous slide, we talked about the common protections and the blacklist and common protections too. How do you get these? How, how do you create these rules without you having to manually do that. What we have done this year is created a number of cloud formation templates that allow you to get started with some of these uh, protections very quickly in just a matter of minutes. And these cloud formation templates allow you to create common protections like SQL injection, cross-site scripting, and many more that we will see today. And all of that within just a few minutes. And one of our customers, eVitamins, they are a health and beauty retailer based in South America. And they wanted common these com very same common protections for their e-commerce website. And they wanted to do it very quickly. They didn't want to write all these rules and want didn't want to worry about that. So they were able to really quickly get started with deploying these rules or configuring these rules using the cloud formation templates. Now, I want to have Nathan Dye or Nate talk to you about or demo this cloud formation templates and walk you through the rest of the presentation. Great. Thanks, Vankat. Oh. All right. Our cloud formation templates. I make this a little bit bigger. Um, all of the cloud formation templates we've published so far can be found on the AWS WAF details page. There's a section here called pre-configured rules and tutorials. Um, they provide links to not only cloud, cloud formation templates, but links into our uh, GitHub source. So if you ever want to modify some of the automated protections that are available here, it's, it's there for you. The latest generation that we deployed uses the AWS Solutions Builder system to help you get started with various AWS services. In this case, it's WAF. 
Uh, there's a full explanation of the protections and how the, the uh, architecture of the protections works. I click into the play solution. And let's skip down here to the main event. Clicking that button takes us into CloudFormation and pre-populates it with our template file. And at this point, you name the protection set whatever you like. Uh, and you can toggle on or off the protections that you want to launch with. So in this case, we could enable or disable our SQL injection protection. Uh, we've also included a number of Lambda-based automated protections. Uh, these two in particular make use of log parsing techniques to detect malicious activity and then turn around and, and call into AWS WAF APIs to block. Um, and down here we have our IP reputation list, which can synchronize WAF IP sets with third parties. For those log parsing-based mitigations, you need to point, cloud, uh, point this CloudFormation template at your S3 bucket, wherever your access logs are appearing. And then you have the option to adjust some of the rate thresholds that will trigger uh, a, a blacklist. So in this case, we have a value that says, if you see a single IP address sending more than 400 requests in a one minute period, that's a sign of some malicious activity, so add it to the blacklist. And we'll do that for a period of 24 minutes, and after, or 240 minutes. After 240 minutes, we'll pull that IP off the blacklist and let them back in. That's it. Uh, CloudFormation runs for a few minutes. It's calling through to the AWS WAF APIs. Uh, and once that's completed and finished running, you end up with a new web ACL. I'm going to browse into uh, You end up with a new common protection web ACL that comes set up with a number of our protections. So we have, a, in this case, we've just deployed in the SQL injection and cross-site scripting rule, and it's ready to go. So from here, all you need to do is start adding your associations to deploy this and activate the rule inspection and blocking. And in this case, I'm showing you how uh, the associations for application load balancers work. I already have three applications load balancers set up in US East 1. And I can deploy this to a number of ALBs with just a few clicks. And then from there, we can show you how the SQL injection works in practice. We have uh, a little demonstration website. All right, so this is our uh, potentially vulnerable demonstration uh, web application that takes in user credentials from the front door. Uh, and on our 
demo page, we have a, another uh, example here with a number of attacks ready to go. So if we scroll down to our single injection, hit the link, and you can see, you can see that. There's on the query string there in the username parameter, we're probing and attempting to do some SQL injection, uh, but that request is blocked right there. And if we remove the bit of maliciousness, oh, sorry, typo that. There we go. We're allowed through. All right, and those are the pre-configured protections. The other useful bit of automation that uh, we find customers have been getting a lot of traction with with AWS WAF is, is take, taking advantage of reputation lists that are published online and updated on a regular basis. And rather than having to get the notification and then go manually input those lists into your WAF, uh, we provide a Lambda script that will do that for you. This is an example of a few of the, of the three IP reputation list sites that you can configure to synchronize with your WAF IP sets. We've got the Stamp House block list. Um, we have uh, the Tor project. So in some cases, Tor is an anonymizing proxy that sometimes is known for sending malicious traffic. Uh, you, can, you can, if you want to be more aggressive, you can choose to block anything that comes from Tor, or you can just set it to a monitoring mode to see if there is any, any anonymizing proxy-based traffic coming in, potentially sending bad stuff. And finally, we have the emerging threats IP reputation list. Uh, you can easily build your own uh, using the same kind of mechanism. If you can publish a list of IPs via a website, you can reuse this exact same script and just give it the URL. Um, just as an example, we can pull up one of these reputation lists right here. This is it. So the Lambda script will just go to this URL and parse through this list uh, and convert it as necessary. It supports uh, actual IP addresses or CIDR ranges. And if those CIDR ranges don't map exactly to what AWS WAF supports, the script will, will remap them as necessary. So I'll expand them out and, and map them to uh, the CIDR list that WAF does support. It'll also, uh, as necessary, split and synchronize multiple IP sets. So if, if the IP reputation list that you're trying to import is bigger than what one WAF IP set can handle, then the script will split those IPs up and, and keep them synchronized across multiple IP sets that you can use. It works with just a Lambda script that is triggered on a daily basis by a CloudWatch event. Lambda script then goes to the URLs you've configured and makes a call to the WAF API. It's that simple. There's uh, certain kinds of security events that tend to be website specific. You know, um, I think some of the protections we've seen, like SQL injection across site scripting, you can kind of just get them set up and have that good coverage. Uh, IP lists are an example of something where malicious activity targeting everyone broadly can be published and used in your website. 
but there are certain classes of security events that are really just targeted at you. And uh, automated incident or incident response is really the thing you have to deal with at that point. Uh, this could be, uh, we've talked about the content abuse examples where scrapers may be just downloading too much content, maybe causing accidental denial of service events or intentional denial of service events. In the traditional model, the way you deal with that is as an operator, you might start seeing that your website availability is getting affected, you're seeing a bunch of errors get generated, you get paged, you start looking through the logs and realize, oh my gosh, look, there's a whole bunch of people here sending me junk traffic and they're overwhelming my site. And then you update your uh, firewall rules or your WAF and block it. But there's uh, many aspects of this that are pretty straightforward and that our computers can do pretty easily, especially when we're talking about just too many requests. Uh, and in that case, we can, uh, in, the, in the example of the common protections, we've, we've published these Lambda scripts that do exactly that. They'll read from that S3 bucket, parse your logs, uh, and look for requesters that are generating a disproportionately high number of uh, 500 or 403s, or just a high volume of requests. There are the two examples of that. Um, the HTTP floods example sets a fairly higher, a higher threshold for blocking, uh, which is just a one IP address sending more than that 400 requests in a minute. Uh, and then for scans and probes, the threshold can be set differently and potentially more aggressively um, if you're seeing clear signs that somebody is, is just probing your website and maybe finding vulnerabilities. Mapbox is a CloudFront and WAF customer, and they make a lot of use of that exact type of incident response uh, for bots and scrapers, example. Uh, I think what you saw Mapbox talk at the keynote today, uh, they provide mapping tiles over the internet to developers to incorporate into their own web and mobile applications. And in, in some cases, their mapping tiles are actually, they're, they're publicly available on the internet to provide a really good, fast experience uh, for their, their customers. But their, their maps are kind of, they're really their, their core competency and the value that they add, and they don't want uh, someone else just bulk scraping all of their map content and you know, trying to launch their own mapping site. So they have a lot of systems that are dedicated to gathering in and processing log data uh, they actually did a, a presentation yesterday that went into real detail on how they use their logging system to detect and defend against an event. Um, their main log storage mechanism is Redshift, and they're able to parse that quickly and detect patterns, and then in turn make updates to inline the AWS WAF and uh, add blocks to get those scrubbers off their site. But some security events maybe more are too subtle for those log, simple log parsing automated mitigations. Uh, for example, detecting that there may be compromised, your customers may have compromised credentials and someone is using their compromised credentials to log into your website, happening at very small volumes uh, is, is an, or other kinds of fraudulent activity uh, it's not going to show up in a big way and stand out in your log data. Machine learning is useful for detecting these kinds of suspicious patterns, but 
uh, at a very massive scale of data processing and, and can help do those kinds of things. Uh, however, you know, the best systems that I know of and I've seen internal to Microsoft tend to be developed and tuned to specific applications and the specific data. So just to use a simple example, if, if you are a customer that uh, only really, uh, your, your website operator that really only has customers that are, that are based in the United States, and you have logins that are coming in all the time, but suddenly you start seeing an increase in logins from some other country that may be associated with malicious activity commonly. Well, if you were looking at your logs or had some way to recognize that shift in a pattern, shift in the location, uh, that might be a really clear signal that something bad's going on. There may have, somebody may have gotten my, my customer's password lists. However, if you're a customer that has a worldwide customer base everywhere, including the country that might have malicious activity, seeing those kinds of logins, that's not gonna be a real signal. It's not gonna be meaningful at all. Um, the trouble, though, is that traditionally machine learning has a really high bar to entry, like going to the level of detail and understanding your data and figuring out how to do uh, model development and training that thing, and, and then even dealing with the nuts and bolts of having to move all of the data around through the processing systems and hook it into your WAF. That's not easy stuff. But Amazon Machine Learning is designed to help remove a lot of that heavy lifting that's, that's traditionally associated with developing these kinds of machine learning systems. So it'll take care of moving a lot of the data around for you. It's got a lot of useful features built into the console that can um, step you through doing the data analysis portions of machine learning. And it's the basis of the tool that we used for this final demonstration. So we, we've put together a proof of concept for uh, a machine learning based mitigation. Uh, now we're, we're calling it a proof of concept for the time being, because it, its goal really is to help you get jump started, not that we think that uh, right now we've developed this uh, amazing mitigation yet. But what we were able to do was find some online research published by a group called Click Security, and they have a number of techniques that they've developed for using machine learning to detect malicious events. And in particular, they developed some really good stuff for detecting domain generation algorithms. If you haven't heard of domain generation algorithms, these are DNS names that to the eye look randomly generated and uh, malicious users use them in many different ways. Uh, in the case of botnets with command and control centers, uh, they, they will frequently use DNS as a mechanism to communicate and get commands or to exfiltrate data from their compromised host out. And uh, over time, security researchers have tried to keep up and find those domain names and then add blacklists and whitelists so that customers can block that and prevent that communication. Well, DGA is an attempt by attackers to evade those whitelists and blacklists by randomly, or by computing these very random looking DNS names that you can't really, that change on a daily basis. So it's, you can't really develop whitelists and blacklists that, that work with any reliability. But because the attacker knows how to generate, knows the generation algorithm, they, they can communicate on both sides. These things are, are uh, DGA do also appear uh, in phishing scams. And we found that 
uh, in some of the reputation lists available online that there's quite a lot of DGA in the URLs that are associated with phishing scams. So we thought, and this is just a hypothesis really at the moment, that uh, searching and, and detecting DGA inside of your web access logs and specifically in the refer might be an indication that your website is and your customers are subject to some phishing attacks that are using your data. So that's the idea. And we took that, that researcher's work from Click Security, we're able to port it over using Amazon AWS technologies and link it together using um, S3 for storing and processing log data, Lambda to do data processing and to instrument and automate the whole workflow, Amazon Machine Learning to do the modeling exercise, and finally, AWS WAF, when we, when we find and detect DGA, we can use AWS WAF to put in place more real-time monitoring. So you, you could look at the next layer of information and see what's going on with the requests that are coming from those DGA refers. So now here is your crash course on machine learning. Uh, the first step in working with machine learning is feature engineering. And this work really involves uh, taking whatever your data is that you want to analyze and building data and uh, data extractors and preprocessors that allow machine learning to detect patterns. And really kind of put in very simple terms, we're basically going to take some data in and get a bunch of numbers out that machine learning can uh, look at those numbers as they shift for comparing different types of data and detect patterns. And... Uh, it looks. Come on, Sophie. It looks something like this. So, when we've done our feature engineering, I've got an example of the domain name that we would see in refer with the suffix trimmed off. And for our feature engineering, we are figuring out ways to parse this up that would look different, and we're gonna generate numbers here. And we'll talk about what goes into generating these numbers in a second. But really, the point at this level is just to understand, here's a different, here's a DGA domain name. Look how it's all random looking. It obviously looks pretty funky. You can spot it with a human eye. So for feature engineering, we run that same string through our algorithms, and we get a different set of numbers. And all of these numbers get baseline by machine learning, and it will detect patterns for us. That's what we're building up to. Okay. The next step, once we figure out how we're gonna parse that data and, and get that uh, number generation, the next step is to train the model. And we train the model by uh, taking a bunch of that different taking all of this data once we've gotten our processing and we just go through and, and start classifying this as in our case legit we got a legit domain name here so we're going to mark this as legit and we're going to call this one DGA and we get a bunch of these examples a whole bunch and we'll feed that into the machine learning system and it'll start 
building some baselines for understanding what good looks like and what bad looks like. Once we have that model trained up, now machine learning is all set up and we can evaluate real data. And in this case, we wanna just take the access logs as they're coming in through our website. We wanna build automation that pulls out that refer address and then pump, does our feature engineering calculations and then pumps it through um, to tell us when we're seeing good stuff versus bad stuff. So the feature engineering portion for this specific exercise uses um, a library, a Python library for machine learning called sklearn. There's a particular method in here that's really useful for working with text data analysis, this count vectorizer thing. This count vectorizer can take in a big string, a set of words, um, and it will analyze it in one of three ways. One is you could just say, do some character analysis and sh like count up the frequency of each unique character that you see in this space and you know, produce some number that would kind of be like an indication of entropy. Or you can say, don't work at the character level, work, do the same kind of analysis, but at a word level. So then it'll kind of, it'll, it'll generate, it'll output a number that basically represents the, the frequency or the, how many unique words and the frequency of those words that you see in this, this set of strings. The third model and the one that we used in our case because we're working with domain names is uh, something that extracts word engrams. So we're, we don't have a whole big page of text, we just got this little domain name. And the, uh, this engram extraction knows about kind of word chunks or word snippets. The example we have up there is incoming. You would have income and ing as separate little bits. Uh, <clears throat> and with that word chunking now, what uh, we can do is figure out, given an input text, how much does it overlap with an English dictionary? Like all the words in an English dictionary, if we run it through the same analysis, we take this input and compare it uh, how much how much are those things matching? Or, as in our case, we might take it and compare it to a bunch of domain names that go through the same analysis that we know to be good, and we can see what this input domain name, how well it matches up with those engrams. So this number kind of is that represents that calculation. We take our Alexa top 10 domain, we do the n-gram analysis, and then we see after we n-gram this domain, how will those things line up? And our number here represents uh, that same analysis but using just an English dictionary. Now it's time to train the model. We train the model by uh, finding a big set of domains we know to be good and a big set of domains we know to be associated with phishing scams. And we just tag them. Tag them as such. And then for the final step, we're using uh, CloudFront access logs in, in this example. Uh, and in the access log, you see 
the refer field has the domain name from wherever that that requester is coming from, and what we want to do is see if we can find uh, DGA there. The overall system looks like this. So we've got our source for access log data, in this case, is CloudFront, and it's putting those to, putting all of their access logs to the S3 bucket. This is gonna trigger a Lambda script. This Lambda script is what does our, uh, the feature engineering, the data extraction and processing and produces that set of numbers. Once it's finished that, it uploads that batch file of analyzed domains, and then it calls into Amazon Machine Learning and says, go classify those things. Go get that, that fresh set of data and tell me if you think those domains look like they're legit or if they look like they're DGA. And once Amazon Machine Learning has finished that, it's gonna post its result again to S3, which will in turn uh, trigger a Lambda function that will take those domain names and publish them into a WAF rule so that we can monitor any traffic that's coming from those domain names. So this is the overall solution and we'll step through each piece of that. I'll see if I can keep up with how this goes. So uh, first up, to kick all of this off, I'm gonna take an access log and I'm gonna put it into our S3 bucket. So I'll log into S3 console. And I'm going to my DGA protections bucket. We've got a directory here that's set up to receive logs. And I will kick this off by uploading an access log file. Access log is getting updated to our S3 bucket. I'm gonna log into Lambda and we'll just watch for this, this particular function to get executed. So if I pop over to Lambda, we're gonna see that we have our analyzer here. Wait, we should, oh, I think actually that already, it already got kicked off. So I think it already beat me. So uh, this already kicked off. It's gonna publish a data set into this uh, bucket and call into machine learning to do the processing. So if I run over now to machine learning, Uh, this is the batch prediction operation that's already been kicked off, so it's already in process. It's taking that snippet of a file and it's starting to do the uh, classification. And I can show you this step just so we can follow along. I've got data.
So this is what we just fed into the system. This is a whole bunch of domain names we got out of our access log file. We ran it through and we calculated all the alexagrams and the dictionary wordgrams, but we don't have our classification yet. So machine learning is turning on that right now, going through each line, looking at these numbers and comparing it to its model, and it's gonna tell us, it's gonna fill in the blank and say this is DGA or this is, this is not. And you can see we've got a bunch of normal looking DNS names here, uh, and here's a bunch of crap that looks like it's DGA. if our guy is done. Usually this is pretty quick. <laughs> yes, demoitis. I swear I practiced this <laughs> many times. Oh. Maybe it's just a refresh thing. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> it worked. Uh, all right. So, yes, machine, process, uh, machine learning processing is done. It's going to output its business back into S3. Let's take a look at what it produced. So I'll go back to our S3 bucket. So now this is what machine learning outputs. Um, let me just fix this. So it's, uh, it goes through and it's going to score each of these domain names that we input. And this is the output. So it's saying, all right, these domains here, uh, machine learning's saying pretty positively, we're going to call those legit. If we get down here, it's starting to say, these things, these things look like DGA. And here's something we're not so sure about. So it gives a little bit to each, right? So we've got our classified domains. And the last step is for those domains to get published into AWS WAF. And if we go over to our WAF console, I have a, my DGA protection webacle, which has a DGA protection rule set to count mode. And if I open up the suspicious refer, we see we've got a lot of match conditions here that are looking for the DGA that came out of the machine learning process. Um, these graphs, the, the banner and the graph to the left are examples of some of the tools that you get with machine learning that will help you figure out how good your model is working, how good your training set is uh, through the evaluation. 
And in this case, that DGA model actually, it works pretty good. It was only getting about a 1% false positive rate with the evaluation that we did. 1% uh, is still a lot higher false positive rate than what we generally like on the WAF team, which is yet another reason that we're not encouraging you to start blocking all of the requests that, that match this detection. But it certainly is good enough to call your attention and to use it for that extra level of monitoring if you think that your customers or your website might be subject to phishing events. So that sums up uh, the automated protections that can help you spend less time chasing security operations and spend more time building your applications. We talked about how you can use uh, AWS WAF's APIs and reusability to make provisioning operations much easier, especially in a DevOps world where you're spinning up in, uh, new stacks on a daily basis. Uh, we talked about configuring rules using CloudFormation templates to get you set up really quickly so you don't have to configure all the rules and conditions manually yourself, uh, as well as automation to keep your web ACLs synchronized with IP reputation lists, log parsing techniques that can detect events in your logs like HTTP floods, and finally, I'm, I hope that uh, we don't see, we see a few customers and a lot of customers yet making extensive use of, of machine learning for security applications because traditionally that bar to entry has been so high. But my hope is you'll take a look at the security white paper that comes later this month and you play around with it and give it a try and let us know if you manage to find uh, a really effective means for putting these systems into practice. All right, remember to fill out your valuations and uh, thank you very much.